bought these things called Hava Heart Traps. H-A-V-A heart traps, you know, and the goal was to trap these things in the have a heart trap and then shoot them and kill them. I mean, that was the plan. So it's not much of having a heart. And so uh, I've been getting conflicting. Uh, hold on. Okay. Yeah, let me finish. Welcome to Think, Act, Get with James Shramko and Ezra Firestone. What you think determines how you act, which results in what you get. So join in now as we discuss how you can think differently act faster, and get high-performance results in your business. Hi there, listener. Welcome back to another episode of Think, Act, Get Ezra Firestone here with my partner, as always, James Shramko. James, how you doing, man? Doing well. Gee, you have some herbs in you today. Uh, you know, I had a terrifying experience yesterday. Uh, Carrie had the car. I needed to go to uh, receive some uh, medical treatment, you know, to get some medicine and stuff from a doctor. And I had, I had to get there so they could check me out and this and that. Nothing's wrong. I'm totally fine. But I had to take a cab. And I took this cab and I was terrified. Pardon my language. Excuse my French. This guy was flying down my mountain. First of all, there's blind corners all over the place. I live on the top of a mountain. Second of all, he was texting while doing it. And I was just like white knuckle terrified. And I have a, a propensity to be afraid when I am out of control uh, in as much like here's a, an example of that is I don't like to not be the driver in a car. I like to drive. I like to be in control of the vehicle. I'm more comfortable that way. So this was like an extreme case of being put out of control in a way that did not feel good to me. And so I went and got a second car today. <laughs> <laughs> well done. That's what you do. If you, if you have a bad taxi ride, you immediately go and buy a new car. It looks like a nice car too from the pictures you sent me. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Uh, actually, it was funny because I was telling my accountant this because I was actually in the in the city yesterday visiting my accountant, getting things set up so we can you know, uh, move from one corporation type to another corporation type for a whole bunch of different reasons that are apparently important. But one of the things that we were looking at was that we could lease a vehicle to the business and that would be beneficial for a number of reasons instead of doing this other way we were doing it. So it actually uh, – it just sort of coincided with the fact that I was like, gosh, I really need a second car. I had a very disappointing taxi ride. And it just brings us to our episode, which is on disappointment. The feeling of sadness or displeasure caused by the non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations. Disappointment. What is it? How are you using it? And how is it affecting your business and your life? That's what we're looking at in this episode of Think I Get. Ezra, did you tell the guy to stop texting? Oh, yes. I yeah. took the freaking phone, man. Yeah, I was yeah. not. That is just dangerous. He's not just me. It's a very rational fear and it's an irresponsible thing for him to do. He had a duty of care towards you as a passenger. Totally inappropriate. It was crazy. I've never seen anything like it. It was like fully engaged in his phone. And I was like, okay, this has got to stop. Like, okay, flying down the hill is one thing, but you're now like, seriously, you could kill me and other people on the road and this is ridiculous. And I should actually report him to his uh, superior, actually. Yeah, I would have uh, taken a picture for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I, we live in a small town. It's one taxi service. They know the guy who picked me up. I mean, it's not going to be hard to trace him down. I think I probably will do that. I think that's actually probably a responsible action. Yeah, because he's, you know, he's going to be doing that again and you could save the life of somebody. So that's good. Yeah. Well, this is an interesting question for you, right? So you get disappointed, right? We're talking about disappointment today. Do you have responsibility to notify other people about the potential disappointment they may experience should they, let's say, do business with XYZ, you know? Well, in my case, I'm 
generally I'm too forward with my offerings of <laughs> feedback a, a point of view. So I'm a little more cautious these days to wait until someone actually asks me. Yeah, yeah. In general, but in the case you just mentioned, I wouldn't need the taxi driver to survey me or the, or the company to say, hey, did you have a great experience? I think that's actually, as a human, it's probably just the right thing to do. Yeah. And and you're going to cause disappointment for the taxi driver if it means loss of income. Right. Or he can't feed his family. However, one might argue that if he does run off the road or be involved in an accident, that's not going to do his family a great service in any case. So you might be actually saving him. Right. I mean, he's he's behaving like, I wanted to say asshole, so I'm just going to say it. He's being an asshole. You know, hey, uh, uh, when you said you had a medical emergency, I was wondering if you were bitten by a rodent or something. <laughs> no. you know, follow, following it from there. Although I will tell you what, something interesting happened today. Okay, so I purchased these things called. Uh, this is uh, for those of you who have not listened to the last episode on foundation. You have you you have to listen to the foundation episode to understand what we are talking about here. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, I bought these things called Have a Heart Traps. H-A-V-A heart traps, you know, and the goal was to trap these things in the have a heart trap and then shoot them and kill them. I mean, that was the plan. So it's not much of having a heart. And so uh, I've been getting conflicting. uh, Hold on. Okay. Yeah. Let me finish. Yeah. So I've been getting conflicting feedback from different farmers and people that I talk to, like my UPS driver who drops my packages off is is really heavily against killing these rodents. A couple other people are very, my, like my, the, my contractor is very heavily in favor of killing the rodents and is claiming to me that, that much of the produce that you get at the supermarket has come at, you know, with the death of woodchucks and land beavers and, and, and groundhogs. Like that's something that happens that they, you know, they eat all the farmer's crops, the farmers kill them. So I was down at the butcher shop and I was explaining to my butcher this problem I'm ha- I was having and he was saying to me that uh, woodchuck, which is what I have here, uh, land beaver, groundhog, uh, is actually delicious and that he personally skins them and eats them and that the babies are the most delicious. And oh. see, Carrie and I, <laughs> I, I, I purchased an air rifle. Hold on. I purchased an air rifle to shoot these things and I've taken a couple shots at them. I haven't hit any because I'm not a very good shot. But – Every time I'm about to shoot them, I have this rush of like moral dilemma over whether or not I feel right about killing these beings while at the same time I eat chicken for dinner. So it's like this sort of uh, dichotomy here and uh, Carrie's like, okay, these these little babies, there's like seven little babies now running around our yard and they're so freaking cute, James. Oh my God. Well, it's just a dilemma. It's a dilemma. So I don't know. Well, you know, we have uh, pests like rabbits and, you know, I can understand it's, it's a difficult thing. If you want to... Good recommendation. I highly recommend a book called Sapiens. Yeah, what does it say? Say it's okay to kill stuff because you could go through your whole life now in our society and never once confront the death of an animal. You go as a meat eater, you could you could eat meat your whole life and never actually have to confront what it is to kill the thing you are eating. I think if you are going to kill, you have to be responsible. Uh, the thing that concerns me about what you just said before is uh, you're not a very good shot. And I'm a terrible shot. The worst thing you could do is injure the animal right? and it's not dead, so it's limping away in, in, in great pain. Well, this is yeah. why I'm against poison, right? Because now they're going to be – their stomach is going to explode for three days. I mean that's a really miserable way to go if you're going to – But then it comes down to what type of animal. I, I, I know some people don't like to harm insects, but many people wouldn't hesitate to stomp on a cockroach. Right. Right, yeah, uh, but but then then you know then you get a cute little fluffy bunny out in the paddock that's destroying crops and fields or whatever. Is it okay to uh, take it out or 
you know, do you leave it? So I, well, the thing is most people can just not confront this. They don't ever have to, you know, they don't ever have to confront it. That's the whole beauty of, of organized society is someone else can handle that for you and you can conveniently never have to look at it. But over here, we got a garden, so we got to handle this. So sapiens will give you an insight into us, our species. There were six species on the planet at the same time and we won out and it gets you an interest. You know, it's, it's a great read. Fascinating. This whole topic of, of we were just talking about with the cab incident, the right thing to do. And now we're talking about here, is there a right thing to do? And I recently listened to a podcast episode uh, by Radio Lab that I found extremely fascinating. It was about the experience of two public defenders in the case of a murderer. They knew a murderer and a rapist. So if you're not into really heavy, intense <laughs> Tune out now. <laughs> you know, horrific details. Well, just don't listen to that Radio Lab podcast. I won't actually give it away. But basically, this in this specific case of whether or not what was the right thing for these public defenders to do is now taught in all of the legal schools across America. This one case. And these guys got flamed for their decision. They it ruined their lives, the decision they made. But it turned out now. 20 years later that everyone is priding them for having made this decision. It's really fascinating. Essentially, it was, you know, what is your responsibility as a public defender, you know, when you're defending someone, when you know that they are bad and you have information from them that could potentially lead to the less discomfort of other people? Not like, like, so basically what happened was these public defenders found out that this guy had killed certain people that police were still out looking for, that, you know, families were still hoping were alive, like all this sort of heartache could have been avoided if they'd been willing to come clean about knowing that this had happened, but it was in confidentiality. It was this whole thing. Really interesting, interesting episode of, of Radio Lab podcast. Right. So in the in the sapiens thing, it basically talks about our ability to believe in stories. So you know, we we probably have a story running around our mind about whether it's right or wrong to kill the animals yeah so it talks it actually covers things like religion and how the cognitive revolution is really where we changed and and other cool stuff like our instinct to gorge on high calorie food is hardwired into our genes that's why we just eat sweets because if we're out in the bush and we come across a bunch of berries we're just going to eat every single thing on that tree because <laughs> delicious because it could be days till we get fed again so that's why right knowing how we're hardwired was great and, and i've had some great discussions since our last episode with people who are specialists in fields like dna they loved our episode then so let's talk about disappointment yeah well here's a question for you because i got some thoughts on disappointment but I, i'd be curious to know being in the role that you're in where you like legitimately essentially coach people and hold them accountable for getting stuff done. This is not something that I do in my business. I do not do that. I very specifically do not do that. I just give information. I do not coach people or hold them accountable or see them through to success. You know, I don't, I don't do any of that. I'm just like, look, this is what I do. Feel free to copy it. But here's a question. You must have had the experience of being let down by one of your students being disappointed in their, you know, results or effort or whatever. And how do you handle that? Well, it's ultimately their choice. It's the same thing that happens if an employee is not performing. Even though you give them the environment, the frameworks, you want them to be successful. So all the stars are aligned. And for some reason, they make a personal choice to sabotage their own potential performance. I I guess ultimately, I'm not responsible for that. So you don't take it personally and you're just like, hey, look, you know, you're a bum. I definitely get disappointed because I, I, you know, I really, 
I believe in people. I see the I see the future version of themselves often much clearer than than what they see. So I I can see a better version of them. I can see what's holding them back. I can help them turn the key and unlock it. And for the most part, people just come screeching out of their out of the blocks and have a big win. Like you when you came along and said, "Hey, I've got this smartmarketer.com, you know, would you be willing to show me some of this marketing stuff and help me build a team?" And I'm like, "Absolutely." Yeah, I wasn't sure you were going to say yes to that, frankly. Well, you know, I did and and here we are. We and here we are. <laughs> good friends and podcast buddies. And, yeah. and so that's the other thing out of a selection or a cohort. Some are going to be extreme performers. Some won't get it together for whatever reason. And then the middle will be somewhere in, in that majority. So I'm, I'm a realist. I know there's a spread of, of a cohort. I, I take responsibility for my part of it and if I've done the very best I can do if I've given the framework if I've filtered for the right candidates if I've set up a system that is extremely successful for the bulk of the people in the program I guess I'm realistic about the fact that that not everyone is going to be able to execute or that that they just can't overcome whatever that is and now you know researching much deeper into things like DNA and understanding how we're made up like we're just so different that I'm getting better at letting go and understanding that even though I can walk in their shoes metaphorically or, or empathize with them, I'm still, I'm not them. I, I can't fully understand what it'd be like to be in their, their, you know, their gene pool and their behavior growing up and, and all of that. As, as much as I could learn and understand them there's still going to be some stuff that that's a little bit out of my control there so i I can't be fully responsible for that and on on the side well actually on either side of the line disappointment can be a great motivator like if you're experiencing disappointment in something or someone it can be a great motivator for you to find a new way to get that thing done or reevaluate how you're handling your employee, your kid, or if someone is disappointed in you, that can be a motivator to improve your behavior or step your game up because disappointment is coming from unmet expectations. And the interesting thing about disappointment is I think there's a lot of more pain there than there is like with something like anger. So like, let's say for example, you know, when you're a kid, your parents are angry at you. There's a, there's a certain, certain response that's quite common of like sort of defiant or you're feeling like they're mean or whatever. But if your parents are disappointed in you, that hurts. It hurts in a way that anger doesn't, you know, anger provokes battle. Disappointment just stings. And the thing about disappointment, I think that's, that's so tough is it either you, let's say someone, someone's disappointed in you. That means that they think that your actual behavior or your actual level of integrity is lower than what they had been previously giving you credit for. So that's tough to stomach, you know, and I had a recent extreme extreme disappointment. Oh my God. Okay. I'd hired this person who I'd known for 16 years, known them for 16 years. And I brought them on my team and it was going great for a couple of months. And then they hit some hardships in life and made some decisions, which resulted in them stealing $6,000 from me before I caught on. And that was really tough to stomach, you know, because there was a personal relationship there and I was really heavily disappointed. And then I got to the point of being like, you know, Okay, I could have seen this coming. I, I can take responsibility for I should have caught this a lot sooner, number one, you know. And, you know, that was a decision they made. It doesn't reflect me. And I was, it was an interesting experience, just where this, 
this episode came from that experience. Right. Well, if as most of these episodes, usually a reaction is something that's happened in your life. I like how you wear your heart on your sleeve, Ezra. Um, if if you find that disappointment comes from your expectations not being met, then it makes sense to focus on the expectations. And there's a lot to be yeah. said for managing expectations. For example, I've often said to my students that fraud will happen in every business. There's lots of research to, to suggest that if someone thinks they could take a pencil home from work and not get caught, <laughs> that they will do it. Well, you know, it's interesting because the way I think it happened was I think one, like, what happened was they submitted an invoice that was not accurate based on how much they'd worked and nobody noticed. And I think they thought to themselves, well, I could just commit, keep, keep submitting invoices and not working. Usually when you pull that uh, handkerchief out of the pocket and you get to the end of it, usually you will find gambling. Yeah. Or some kind of uh, addiction, abuse thing, you know, alcohol or drugs. That's usually where it comes from, and they'll have justifications for it, etc. But I say in every single company that I have ever worked with, there'll be fraud. And the, I was just just presenting at Ryan Levesque's Elite Mastermind Group, and I was talking about team and running a business. And I had this, I had that a reference that photograph of the guy just up the road from me who had. You know, when they're taking the photograph and in the background is that great white shark breaching. Remember we talked about that last time? I used that slide. Yes, yes. And I said, as a business owner, you must assume at all times that there is something going on in the background and it's your job to put in your processes to find out what that is, whether it's working the grapevine, having financial protocols to be aware of it. So just to get back to point, you wouldn't have been disappointed if you expected that there would be something like that happening in the business and you even set up proactive systems to detect it early. Yeah, well this was our problem that like we weren't checking we we weren't, you know, checking this work which was I was a customer service advocate so it was live chats, phone calls, emails and we're so big and we have so many customer service advocates right now that we didn't have a process in place to be checking how much each person was producing and when and how many tickets they'd responded to and how many live chats and what their rating was, but once every month or two. So when we actually went and checked, we found, wow, we've been getting, you know, it's been fraud for two months now, you know? Well, often it goes, goes for significantly longer than that. So you've still done well. And I'll actually be sharing some ideas at your event on how you can find out by using things like benchmarks and daily reporting to compare and contrast, especially if you have more than one person doing a job. But uh, on topic, if you don't want to be disappointed, then protect yourself from disappointment by finding out what sort of things do disappoint you and then mitigating it. So one technique, for example, instead of being Pollyanna and starting everyone off on a 10 out of 10, I would tend to start someone off on a zero and I'll let them build up their score with me over time so that I protect myself from being disappointed because it hurts if you start someone off high and then they come in short over and over again. It it really does um, upset you. And then Robert Ringer was onto it with his, his book, Winning Through Intimidation. It's, he basically expects the worst and if things go better than the worst, then that's a positive. So he's, he's like, I'm happy about that. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of mitigated the disappointment by not having too high an expectation. Yeah, that's good. 
That's really good. Expectations are important because, I mean, that's what it is. Your expectations were not met or you didn't meet someone else's expectations, which, by the way, I think also, I mean, in this case, it was it was straight up uh, theft. But I think in the case of, of other times in my in my business or in my relationships, I could be clearer about what my expectations are. Right. So, like, I don't have to be betrayed if I'm clear in communicating to the other person what I expect of them. But if that's ambiguous then that's my fault. Yeah, absolutely. It, uh, like sometimes in, in hindsight, when you have a disappointment and you reflect on it, you'd think if you actually piece it together, it would have been very unreasonable for, for, for things to have gone the way you thought they might have gone in hindsight because you, you were just out of line with what you thought could happen versus what will happen. Yeah. And, and also I think disappointments often created because of the environment that someone's in. They're in this little cocoon and the more I go through life, the more I recognize how we are unique, how everyone has different value systems, different religious bias, different cultural tugs on them that mean we're just so unlikely to, to, to have things work out smoothly that it's, it's a good thing to question everything, which is my favorite saying, and to be able to deal with change. And the, the more that you can deal with change, I think the better prepared you are against disappointment. Absolutely. And I think also there is a like I don't know what it's called but but it's like something like chronic disappointment syndrome where like people get off on constantly uh, being unsatisfied with things. And so it's essentially that you're responsible for your life and your emotional state and and to you know that like if you're finding yourself constantly disappointed perhaps you ought to change uh, what you're doing, who you're relating with, you know what I mean? Like that, if this is a very, very common experience, that's something to look at. Absolutely. Yeah. If you kept constantly being disappointed, then you might want to just reset your thermometer. Yeah. Yeah. Change what you're doing, change something up. I noticed you have knowledge here noted. I'm, I'm curious what you mean by that. Well, I mean, more, more knowledge basically bridges the, the gap of the unknown, like disappointments, because uh, often you were. You know, there's so many uncertain variables, so the chances of you just the stars aligning are quite limited. So, I'll give you an example: an ignorant person who's coming online will be disappointed that they're not a millionaire within the first 48 hours of buying a product that promises instant riches. Right. And the way to to bridge that disappointment is to actually have knowledge. So, basically, the reduction of ignorance. Right. Right. That the, the more you know, the less likely there is a chance that you're going to end up disappointed because you're, you're better informed and it is your responsibility to inform yourself or get informed somehow. Like if you walk into a dark room and you don't turn the light on and you bump into something and stub your toe, you could be disappointed. <laughs> oh, stub my toe. <laughs> or you just say, hey, you know, I'm going to throw some light on here. I'm going, to, I'm going to study the room, the lay of the land here. I'm going to put some energy into light. I'm going to be aware of where the things are and map it out. And now I'm going to navigate through more smoothly and uh, I'll be able to achieve my objective of you know, getting to my desk and retrieving my iPhone that I left there or what have you. I like it. Before we get into the weekly willpower wager, before we roll, Carol, let me ask you. If you're me and you're sitting on a 10-acre forest and you've got a luscious green flower and vegetable garden that you spent months cultivating and you've got these little chewy, cute, squishy, dastardly little beavers that are just destroying everything, what do you do? Can't you put a cage yeah, yeah. Well, I can, the thing is, you can't hire someone to relocate them until uh, until like end, 
No, no, over the green things. Oh, yeah. But the thing is, they've been digging under it. They've been digging over it. Then we've got our flower garden that we're not going to cage in, that they're eating all our flowers. It's like it's, – it's, it's, <laughs> I, mean, it's, I, I think it's cute that you're growing your own food. However, I'd, I'd just go to the market. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> we could, we could avoid all this that way. You're right. Okay. Let's roll Carol. Keep him out of the, yeah, keep him out of the house. And, keep him out of the house and they'll be and then, fine. And, and don't worry about trying to grow your own stuff. We're going to roll Carol. Weekly willpower wager. Thank you, Carol. Thank you, Carol. Uh, weekly willpower wager. Are you disappointed in anyone? Or have you disappointed someone? If the answer is yes to either of those questions, you know there is someone right now who you're disappointed in, or you have disappointed someone recently, I would like you to take 30 minutes to really thoroughly investigate that experience of why you're disappointed, what you have done to, uh, to create responsibility in that scenario, like how you got here in the first place. Really unpack it and take a look at it because uh, disappointment is very powerful. could even get you a new car. News and updates. <laughs> James, what do you got going on? Uh, well, there's um, Maldives. That's pretty much spoken for. Maybe one spot. I think someone's got their eye on that. So that's happening in September. That's a luxury cruiser in paradise. Meals, accommodation. Yeah, super and Hanging cool. out with me for a week. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Probably could be a good thing. Oh, I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be fun. Yeah, it'd be, be fun. Then, of course, we've got Superfast Business Live coming up in uh, March. It seems like a lo- long way. And you've booked a hotel and all that? or Oh, yeah. It's all locked in. It's on the 16th and the 17th of March here in sunny Mandley where you get to surf and uh, hang out with uh, a bunch of other cool people from the Superfast Business community. And if you're interested in knowing what that event is like and why you might want to go, I, you can just Google, go to Google and type in Superfast Business Live Behind the Scenes. And you're going to find a video I did that takes you around that event and essentially tells you why you've got to be there. I mean, that is a, uh, a, not, a do not miss event, if I do say so myself. I have another do not miss event. Uh, which is my own event happening August 4th and 5th. We're completely sold out. This is August 4th and 5th of 2016. So if you're listening to it after that, you can catch the recordings. Also, we have a live stream available. And we have just released updates to our one-click upsell Shopify application by Zipify Apps, which is my app, app company. And we have finished our second application, which will be rolling out in about two weeks. I won't tell you what it is. I'll tell you what it is on the next podcast. Very excited about it. So things are rocking and rolling here. And uh I'm just, yeah, having a good time. Look at you go, you software mogul. Uh, Yeah, not yet. I mean, what, we have 300 (laughs) users, you know. But we're getting there, 350 users. You'll be an expert in disappointment after (laughs) software is a difficult game. Uh, By the way, remember we did a five-part series. Uh, Kerry kindly videoed us at uh, at our headquarters here, Superfast Business Live 11 Summary. Part one, oh, two, three, four, and five. Right. Remember that? That was a lot of fun recording that. We even had the remember that little clapping gag that we spontaneously came up with. That was yeah, good. that was funny. That was funny. Yeah, that's on superfastbusiness.com. Uh, that's actually probably even even better way to see what happened last year. Well, we'll we'll link to both in the show notes here it's at uh, Think at Get. So you'll be able to find them. So Juan on the last episode uh, on Foundation, the episode of Foundation, wanted to know where he could find out more information on the DNA testing techniques that you talked about. Yeah, well, to start with, you could use something like 23andMe. And from there, you'll have to go to a whole bunch of other sites. What I'm doing in the background is I'm having a a 
doing a podcast with a guy called Johnny. And Johnny's a listener of our show. Big shout out to Don- Johnny Deacon. He's got his own thing rocking with DNA, but he's really developed this into fitness. And uh, he's got some fascinating information. So we're going to have a whole podcast episode on the topic where you can learn more about how you can actually find out you know if you should be avoiding carbohydrates or fat or which you know if you're celiac or you have a nut allergy all this sort of cool stuff he's a, a bulked up bodybuilder trainer guy but he's really into this stuff he, he couldn't believe that we're talking about that and foundation because that's the whole premise of he, what he does it's like understand your foundation wow. and train properly based on that so There'll be more information coming there and also I posted a bunch of links inside Superfast Business where you can go and plug your DNA into to get more info. Nice. Think about it. James, are you keeping your quote today? Uh, Let me just have a look and decide that. Think about it quote is, we must accept finite disappointment but never lose infinite hope. That sounds fair. Yep. Yeah, Martin Luther King. I mean, come on. Can't go wrong. I mean, if you're going to do a disappointment quote, that's the one. Now, I've got another one. The size of your success is measured by the strength of your desire, the size of your dream, and how you handle disappointment along the way. Robert Kiyosaki. Great book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. One of the first books I read when I was first getting into the wealth creation game. Spoke on stage with him a couple times. Anyways, I I love this quote, so I used it. Episode 65 of Think, Act, Get Disappointment. What is it? How are you using it? And how is it affecting your business and your life? That's what we've been talking about in this episode of Think, Act, Get. These episodes are focused on mindset, behavior, and results. Our goal is to improve your life and your business, and everything is directed at you, our listener. We appreciate you taking the time to hang out with us. Ezra Firestone here with James Shramko. Thanks for listening. Thanks, mate. Good to catch up. This has been another episode of Think, Act, Get with James Schramko and Ezra Firestone. For more tips and tutorials on how to grow your business faster, visit thinkactget.com and join the newsletter. It's free. 